Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was founded by a woman. Um, yes, most of the leadership team are women. Um, but it's never been something that we've like cognitively set out to do. Um, we do have a lot of male um, actors and they bring perspectives. I think what matters to us is, I, I wish there was a better word than the buzzword of diversity, but it really does matter. Um, and so, you know, gender aside, um, what we have are just a lot of different personalities. Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Bayo. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with Renji Rendava, who's the founder and MD of Mad Hat Asia, uh, Angeline Chandran, who's the general manager, Danielle Chow, who's the com- communications director. And so I have these three lovely women who are a part of um, Mad Hat Asia. So thank you so much uh, for, for taking the time and joining me today. Thanks for having us. Um, so I, I also, before you know, we kickstart the conversation, I just wanted everyone to know that Renji and um, Angeline are in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and uh, Danielle is in Singapore. So um, let's start with what is the idea behind Mad Hat Asia? And I think, um, Renji, you'd probably be the one to answer that because you're the founder. So what really um, was the idea behind setting up Mad Hat Asia? That's one. And the second part of my question is, why Mad Hat Asia? <laughs> Um, I think Mad Hat Asia, like the reason why I guess we've done what we've done, um, it's a different answer from why it was set up. Um, it was actually set up, it, you know, we started out to really just be able to earn a little money um, between my, myself and my first, I guess, partner or staff um, at the time. We really wanted to kind of just get back into communications after having been in corporate positions um, on our beginning of an entrepreneurial journey. 
Um, but what really happened was while I was doing a little bit of freelance um, with some clients at that time, we realized that there was just kind of this real gap of the way PR was being executed at that time. So clients kind of either had this choice of big, um, you know, network kind of agencies in the PR firm, in the PR sphere, or they had just kind of like freelancers or very focused um, service-driven you know, um, boutiques. And what we realized that the clients really appreciated was that at that time, we were coming in with just kind of like, okay, we're not going to talk about like what's specifically a press conference and all that. We want to talk about who your audiences are. We want to talk about what resonates with them. We want to talk about how your brand's going to resonate with them. And I think that was a bit of an approach that at that time, back in 2015, was not something that was very common in the approach of communication. So it's kind of strictly PR was press conferences, press releases, media. Um, and mind you, this during a time where influencer engagement was not as big as it was, um, as it is now. Um, and so to be honest, Matt had just kind of grew from there. Um, so, you know, one client grew to two, grew to four, grew to six. Um, the team grew along with it. It started in a, in a living room. Um, and one day we found ourselves in an office and we we're like, whoa, <laughs> we're a real agency now, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, that, that, that's kind of what it is. And I think why it's continued and why it's grown is because along the way, um, Matt had, like, has just met communicators of incredible talent who didn't quite agree with um, the way sometimes it's being executed, like to be able to, to be a communication practitioner. Most of the time, if you're in an agency, um, it comes with a lot of the challenges that comes with agency. And, you know, you've got the issues of work-life balance and that kind of thing. So we really kind of really set our focus on how do we execute this in a way where we can do what we love in communications, um, but be able to set our own boundaries in doing it um, and really be able to add value to the work that we're putting out. And I think that's just been the driving force of why we've kept growing and why we've kept doing it. Um, but yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. So yeah, um, you mentioned uh, like when you started in 2015, there was um, the whole influencer influence was not really a part of the scenario, right? But that seems to have changed over the years. So anyone who wants to take this, um, how important is that aspect of social media in today's um, you know, PR and communications world for your clients specifically? I'll take that. Um, yeah, hi. Um, so I think um, for me from the beginning of when social media was even kind of a thing, um, a, 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 a medium to kind of communicate, was probably maybe about 10, 12 years ago, you know, with the birth of Facebook or rather the boom of Facebook, right? Um, and at that time, I think everybody was kind of scrambling to kind of figure out how marketers at least were scrambling to kind of figure out how to utilize this, this, this very powerful tool. And at that time, you know, it was kind of a bit of a wild, wild west because there weren't kind of uh, boundaries, um, there weren't um, uh, governance and not much avenues to kind of use the platform to to advertise, right? So it was kind of organic. But then when it eventually was monetized, 
was when marketers kind of started taking things very seriously. But even at that time, 10, 12 years ago, um, I, I, I remember speaking to my colleagues back then and saying that, hey, you know, um, it's funny that that social, that there is a separate component called social media or social media agencies who are actually kind of championing this component of communication when actually PR people are in an optimal position to do so. Because what we do is we craft narratives um, and we craft, uh, you know, directions in terms of communication. We, we put out what we think um, is best for the brand and what meets the needs of consumers. Um, right. So for that reason, we should be the one kind of being the custodians of social media. But then, you know, obviously that's not how it, it happened. Um, obviously, the advertising boys were really smart in actually capitalizing it and um, opening up social media kind of divisions within the organization. And there was the birth or surge of social media agencies after that. Um, but here we are now in 2022 where I feel that you know, a lot of PR practitioners and communicators are actually empowered to then um, take ownership of their social media space in terms of narrative and communications. And yes, it's a very, very crucial component 12 years ago, and it's an even more important component in the comms sphere now. Yeah. yeah I'd like to add on to that, actually. I've had a friend who's been in the, I mean, I've been in the industry for like you know, 10 over years. Um, and I had friends who started out with me and she can basically tell me that I mean, we are basically looking now at campaigns that require no media whatsoever. It's all just purely influencers. And it's a very nice um, evolution of how influencers have been growing. We started first with the bloggers where they had a blog, um, blog spot, you know, uh, Squarespace, whatever they were using at that point of time. And that slowly became Facebook, and then now Instagram, and now TikTok. So, and you can see the shift in demographic um, going as, as, the, as the space um, evolves. So it's very interesting to see what will probably come up next in the future generations as well. So as PR practitioners, we have to evolve along with it as well. Yeah, I think that's that's very, very important because you you need to also I feel that um you know there and in fact I was gonna ask about the difference between a PR uh, agency and an advertising agency. So I think somewhere you've kind of answered that for me because you know um the roles are similar, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but still different in terms of um, you know the engagement that a PR agency would have with the client versus an advertising agency right I could elaborate on that um, in, in my own terms and my own words um, is that um, so um, we are similar yet different you're right um, and I think a lot of the differences lie in in the way things are communicated and the platform that is used to communicate. So in its traditional sense, PR predominantly look at stakeholder relationship. And the stakeholder relationship in this part of the world um, is narrowed down predominantly to media and now influencers, right? Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, um, beyond just media and, um, and, and influences, there are other stakeholders that, that, that we build relationships with. And then, of course, advertising focus a lot on on the mass communication, um, especially when it comes to you know um, 
promotional driven items where you want to kind of promote something um, and you want to promote to the masses, it's kind of very much a, a larger comms uh, direction um, that is kind of pushed out to a larger group of people. Now, the, the, if I had to break it down further, in exactly what the difference is, it's a bit of a push and pull. So um, with, with advertising, the focus is very much pushing content, pushing messages, pushing promos um, to kind of, from a brand point of view, I'm gonna push this out because this is my focus in terms of getting the mess out, message out there. When it comes to comms and PR, the focus is very much pull. I lure you with interesting content. I lure you with interesting messages. I lure you with human interest stories. Um, so that's the difference, um, the, 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 the glaring difference between advertising and, and, and PR per se. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so so what you're saying, it's more mass uh, and, you know, versus more, uh, yeah, correct. More content led rather than more uh, brand promotion led, right? Mm, that's interesting. And it's, it's a really nice, like, thought, like, question that you have because it's always been something that we've struggled with a little bit. Like, what is PR? And it's, to be honest, something that we still ask every candidate that we speak to, like, what's PR to you? Um, or even clients that we speak to before we take on a project. Um, because it has evolved so much over, like, year on year, month on month, right? Um, and, and so we got to the stage where internally as well, we're like, are we even a PR agency? Because there are certain clients who still see PR agency as earned media, press releases, um, you know, that, that's what you do. When really internally, when we kind of searched, we realized that we do what we do because our role is to connect with the right audiences, with the right messages. It's building the narratives of the brand and how is it that we connect with them? So, Traditionally, yeah. So, yeah. It's more, so you're saying that it's more targeted. It is. And I guess driven um, with authenticity, the mm. lack of a better word, um, as opposed to I'm pushing to you what I'm trying to tell you, um, I'm going to connect with you on what matters to you. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think at the core of it, um, that's what we feel we do. Um, identifying the right platforms to do it in um, and how it is we're connecting to spark conversations. So it's very, very important for you to actually understand uh, the brand uh, the ethos of the brand and uh, who the target audience is going to be rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to splash, you know, oh, you've got money. Great. I'm going to splash, uh, you let's know, go wild. yeah, let's go crazy. <laughs> let's just go on every single platform, whether it has the impact or not, doesn't really matter. So mm. yeah, I, I get that. Okay. So just moving away a little bit from, from that, um, my understanding is that uh, Mad Hat Asia is a women led PR agency, right? In effect, but not by design. Not by <laughs> so can you explain that? <laughs> um, I can start, but <laughs> um, so I mean, we're, we're definitely not a agency or a, a collective who like aim to be women-led. Um, yes, it was founded by a woman. Um, yes, most of the leadership team are women. Um, but it's never been something that we've like cognitively set out to do. 
um, we do have a lot of male um, actors and they bring perspectives. I think what matters to us is, I, I wish there was a better word than the buzzword of diversity, but it really does matter. Um, and so, you know, gender aside, um, what we have are just a lot of different personalities. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we, there happen to be women in the leadership positions, um, but it hasn't been the way we've wanted to design it necessarily. Okay, so it just happened organically. And it has. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so then I'm going to, you know, because I had a few thoughts, which um, I thought, um, you know, I would kind of get you to probably move in that direction, but I think we move away because... <laughs> I mean, having said that, yeah. Having said that, I, I do think that, you know, having women in leadership positions have had, at least I feel it's, it's benefits as they are with men in leadership positions as well. But, you know, just going back to kind of like our goal of being in a working environment, building a working environment that we want to be in, personally speaking, um, it has helped me be able to lead with um empathy and understanding, I guess, of what a woman needs in a workplace as well um, and how to approach things. So simple things of, I mean, all three of us are mothers. Um, we weren't, well, Danielle was, but Angie and I weren't when we first started. Um, and so we've kind of grown with the company and been able to build policies that are friendly towards families and all that kind of thing. So it's had its benefits. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In that sense. Okay. Um, So what what are some of the challenges that you do face? Uh, I mean, we've, you know, in a more broader sense, um, some challenges that you face and how have you been able to overcome those? Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> That's like a, I think we're all going like, which challenge yeah, for, for, for a second, I thought, okay, <laughs> who's going to take this one? Narrow that down. <laughs> but, but go ahead, ladies. Okay, sure, I'll, I'll take this um, first from my perspective. Well, there have been a lot of challenges and, and the, I, I think some of the challenges are no longer challenges that, you know, crops up new challenges. So, um, but I think um, some of the key challenges we face, you know, as business owners um, uh, is one key one that I've noticed is talent. 
um, that it's very kind of hard to find good talent um, within the industry. Um, and, and I think right now, this seems to be a common problem across board, uh, not just, you know, in the PR agency sense, but just, you know, in general, with everyone I'm speaking to seems to have this, it, is a common issue. Um, another challenge that I feel that um, was, was a lot more glaring in the beginning when we first started, but, you know, has, has I, I feel has evolved um, right now is, you know, people's understanding of PR. Um, like Renji said, um, what is PR? I mean, like different yeah. people have different versions of it. And like I said, in this part of the world, it was predominantly uh, media relations. Um, so we've kind of been pigeonholed into doing that component of the marketing umbrella, right? Um, but then coming out of that, um, with the digitalization of things and having to evolve, um, you know, that also means that, you know, we as comms practitioners have also evolved over time, which means our, our capabilities, our understanding, the application of comms and narrative um, have also evolved and it is applicable in a wider sense. Um, and it's actually getting people to understand that educating people about the usage of comms and how to effectively use comms and how to work better with communicators within the agency setting um, has been one of our biggest challenge. It still is, but I think that people are a lot more savvy these days um, with understanding the usage of comms and how to utilize agencies better. Um, but that has been that has always been um, a struggle from, from, from my perspective. Okay. Yeah, one challenge I would say that you know, um, Matt Hat has really taken care of and has overcome is really you know, work-life balance and work-life harmony in that sense. Like, we know, we all have had the stories where, you know, because you're working from home, that line between what you do at work and what you do at home is completely blurred. You're working to like 10 p.m. You don't know when to stop. That's what um, we've been doing. Your, your kids start budging into meetings because you know they're at home. There's nothing you can do about it. Or kids are sick and, and things like that. So it's really helpful to be in um, that we've come up with policies um, and our ethos and our philosophy is that it's on, based on empathy. It's based on flexibility. Um, it's based on knowing what you as an individual need in your life and helping to craft policies around that. Okay, so yeah, so basically, uh, work life balance is something that, you know, you've thought through and um, have um, put policies in place that help um, to have that balance, right? And, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. Danny. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, so, you know, any, I mean, there's now that um, people are getting familiar with, uh, you know, being in PR and communications, what are some, um, you know, some guidelines is not really the right way to, to put it, but um, from your experience, what do you think people should be looking out for uh, if they really want to get into PR and communications, the positives of it? Um, and, you know, because it clearly is um, a growing industry and it's sort of maturing and, you know, there are agencies like yourselves and 
there are others as well. So if someone wants a career, um, what are some sort of suggestions and, and some kind of feedback that you could have for them? Um, I don't know if it's um, if this is specific to PR, I guess, but like what I would say is really, really important is to understand why they are looking at it, um, for what reason. And I think that that has evolved over the years. Um, again, I remember like, you know, when, when Angie and I were practicing um, PR like 15 years ago together or something, um, you know, it, it, there, there was that connotation where it was a lot of glam. Um, there, there was, you know, a lot of it was parties and celebrities and all that kind of thing. And I would start telling newbies that it's a lot of heavy lifting. And then they realized that I meant that literally because you are lugging press kits and goodie bags and chairs across the room, right? In your little black dress. Um, but, you know, we, we, we did see people coming into it for not to say the wrong reasons, but not with a full understanding of why they're going into it. So I don't think it only applies to PR, but I think anyone looking into getting into any industry needs to kind of understand why they want to and have certain expectations. Um, because, you know, if you don't have expectations, you don't know what you're trying to work towards. And, and that can always change later. Um, I think like in the current state, not so much like what they should look out for, but I think in, in practice would be to ensure that they're acting in a manner that is that, that they can buy into, um, mm. to speak on things that they do believe in. Um, because I think one thing that I've seen time and time again is if a communicator doesn't believe in what they're saying, it shows. Yeah, it doesn't um, come through. Yeah, yeah. It really shows, you yeah. know. Um, and, and to be fair, like I talk about diversity, but the reason why we're so, we put so much emphasis in having a team that's very, very diverse and encouraging that diversity to come through is because it doesn't only mean that we need to understand our brands. What's even more important is we need to understand the people we're talking to. And what I love is that at Madeline, there is someone here who resonates with everything, um, whether it's sneakers or anime or really good hair care, right? But like we can resonate with it. Um, mothers, fathers uh, across the across the board. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're in it for the wrong reason, no matter the career, it's going to fall flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think PR and communicating is a very personal thing. Um, you connect to people by telling your truth um, and what you believe in. So if you're not really into it, it's not really going to work out. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the word communication is is in itself suggesting that um, that is a very, very important component in, mm -hmm. in, in the job that that you're you're doing so yeah interesting anything else that anyone would would like to add before we wrap up any sort of perspectives any anything at all oh before that any um campaign that has really uh been something which has given you immense satisfaction 
um, any, I know, I mean, all your clients are important to you. So um, I get that. But any one campaign that you feel was really, really special for whatever reason? Danielle, do you have any one that stood out that has stood out to you of late? I want to say Levi's because it is a very, very fun brand. You know, it's a really fun client to work with. It speaks to it's, it's and it's a very um it's a very strong obvious version of public relations, which is consumer relations, it's lifestyle, it's lifestyle, it's fashion, it's, you know, working with big, um, with celebrities to dress them, working, throwing big parties, you know, to drive, um, to drive positive associations with the brand and everything. So, you know, being able to work on device is very satisfying on its own, just because you are able to, you know, work with such a big, um, big brand like that. And, and being able to touch so many different facets of public relations is very interesting. And yeah, also I wanted to ask because you're based in Singapore and uh, Renji, you and Angelina based in, in KL. Is there, and, and that's where you have your two offices, right? I mean, you do work with other, other uh, in other parts of Asia, but your two main offices are in Singapore and KL. What is the one difference that you see in the approach um, um, in KL versus in Singapore? The approach of the clients, the approach of how you know the um, how it's it's done. Um, is there is there like similarity or is there? Are there differences? And if there are differences, just one difference that really stands out in the way people approach the, the business aspect of it. Um, interesting that you bring this up um, because I think uh, Danielle brought up something that was 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 that 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 I didn't think of um, as a key difference um, in 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 this market is that um, obviously the scale of of the markets are different. I mean, we are a larger larger country in Malaysia and in a smaller uh, country in Singapore. But the one thing that stood out to her at least um, is the language, right? Um, because we have very we, we we have multiple languages here that we speak. And uh, most of our materials or whatever comes materials that we, we draft and we write and we produce are then um, translated and produced in different languages to then um, reach a larger audience, right? Um, so that, you know, nothing gets lost in translation. And that's not a common practice in Singapore because English is predominant yeah. language in Singapore, right? Um, so that was one key one that she had brought up uh, when I was speaking to her uh, last month when I was down. Um, and I think from from a client's perspective and, and just kind of dealing with, with the different clients, um, there isn't that much of a difference to be absolutely honest. Um, but um, I think in both markets, um, there's a lot of appreciation for creativity. And um, both markets are actually equally hungry for, you know, what's the next new thing? What's the next hot thing? Um, so it's, 
I, I feel like both markets operate quite um, similarly. Um, now, obviously, outside of um, Malaysia and Singapore, things are a lot more different um, in comparison. So that's why if I had to compare both markets, it seems very similar in, in the way um, we operate, in the way we think, um, in our desire for what we want to see come out of the marketing industry. Um, pretty similar. Yeah, and the content works as well across, across both markets. Okay. Um, that needs to be localized, of course, like, you know, Things, for example, language like just colloquisms, you know, that yeah. But yeah. the content is the same. So that means, you know, people want for emotional needs, um, authenticity, they, the what they want. It's the same across across Singapore and Malaysia. Okay, interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, uh, Renji, anything you'd like to add? Um, no, I mean, maybe not so much on the on the Malaysian and Singapore differences. Like, I feel like we are quite culturally close. Anything, you know, that, that there are are just nuances, I suppose. Um, but what we do find is, you know, very big differences um, client to client. And we find that that becomes really the driving force on how it is that we work with a partner. Um, so, you know, if we're working with the same client from one country to the other, we don't see that the account works very differently. So we, we find the Malaysian-Singapore thing is not such a big factor. Um, but we do see how important corporate culture is. Um, and that has been a very big learning for me over the last five to six years. Um, because we can see how much, I guess, a work environment shapes the way everyone kind of works. Um, so that, that tends to be the bigger thing. Like, you know, it can be a certain brand and whether you're dealing with someone from LA or India or Singapore, that tends to actually seep through in the way people work. And that's been really, really interesting. So we've had to learn to adapt our communication styles based on that, being able to identify the client fit um, and the communication style and be able to build the partnership that way. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been very, very insightful talking to the three of you and um, good luck uh, to Mad Hat Asia and, um, you know, and hopefully um, you're going to expand and you, the next time I speak with you, you probably have offices in, yeah, in uh, other parts of, of um, Asia as well. And um, no, I, I can see the 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 passion the drive um you know and the authenticity of what you're trying to do it absolutely comes through in this conversation so thank you once again and i've, I've really enjoyed this and um angeline as you can see whether I talk to one person or I talk to multiple guests, it doesn't really matter. So thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so for much. Us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. I really enjoyed the session also. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.